0: This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING. Welcome to our live stream Freedom International broadcast. And today we've got uh, four podcasters. We've got Grace with Quantum Nurse, Hartman Schumacher, Going Your Own Path. Jane Markey, I probably didn't do it justice with the surname, Empowered Mind, and and we're missing Chris, so we're sending some love to him, because he's out of debt in the family. Our guest today, I shall do a little reading for once in my life, Peter Stone, (laughs) founder and CEO of the Sovereign Project, is an author, and a very good one at that, Thank you, (laughs) and researcher covering all aspects of the corrupt global system, and the law in relation to our true rights. Through the project, Pete's ambition is to help people empower themselves with the same knowledge and corruption, those who wish to be free to become an unstoppable force for world peace. And, I mean, your book is amazing, but that's not why we're here, but I encourage people to read it. Thank you. We're we're basically covering your sovereignty, and there's so many aspects of it, and it's hard to kind of go Where do we start because there's a lot of people following this they're following you you know like i've had amazing views so just to let people know uh, i've interviewed peter on episode number 129 of the awakening podcast and i was able to put it on a youtube channel my own personal one because i got kicked off on youtube on the awakening podcast and it stayed up which is good and also on my BitChu channel it's got fantastic views but a lot of comments people are actually loving what you're doing and i suppose the, the main thing is, I suppose we better cover both aspects, those that are going to be hearing this for the first time and the people, obviously we'll try and delve into stuff that will bring the people that are kind of halfway on the journey a few steps forward. So I suppose you might just tell us what your what your main project is and get let people kind of get into what, what what you're about.
1: Sure, yeah, no problem. Yeah, the, the project is many, many different layers to the project um, and there's sort of goals that I want to reach. The main goal of the sovereign project is to make people sovereign to actually break their slave mentality, so they're no longer a slave and they're not being told what to do anymore, and to become sovereign and what that means is the ability. To be responsible for your own life and to self govern so you can say I don't need anyone to tell me what to do, I can do it myself. So the sovereign project is going to go over quite a few different layers um, i've got some notes so just in case some of it I can't remember myself it's quite complex. Some of the areas that we go into on the software project is we train, we don't teach. Um, I don't teach anybody anything. Okay. And I don't want anyone to take advice from me and I don't want any followers. So I want equals. So what I'm looking for is I will explain what I've found, what I've discovered, what I've learned myself. And I will then share it with people who want to know. Then you take this information and if it's good for you, that's fine. But I don't tell people what to do. But what I do is I go through basically how contracts work, the basics. The average person out there has no knowledge of even how basic contract law works. Um, just look at the people that are terrified of mandates. And I'm looking around and I'm going, what are you worried about? Do, do you not understand how mandates work? You know, Do you not understand that there has to be a contract first before the, the mandate applies to you? And loads of people don't understand that, so they're all panicking. So I go through that. Um, we go through a lot of paperwork. We will dig a little bit deeper. I tend to talk about what marriage is. People don't understand how the financial system works. They don't understand what money is. They don't understand what marriage is. They don't understand about legal fictions and corporations. They don't understand that. Um, they don't understand the plebatorial system that they are trapped in either. So I sort of talk about that. And we can discuss this throughout uh, this podcast, if you wish. But I start on that make it easy for people to understand. So the idea is, is to set them on the right path, they're going in the right direction, and then they won't fall into the wrong trap because there's lots of other stuff out there on the internet. There's lots of the other common law, if you like, and people are getting caught up in this and they're getting caught up in UCC and uh, postal mechanics and all this sort of stuff, and they're, they're swamped and they don't understand what's going on. And then they end up end up in serious trouble because they don't know what they're doing. I make it simple. I put you on the right path. Once you understand what you're doing, you're free to go and now you can go off and discover the truth for yourself. So I, I, that's what I do. That's what project, uh, Sovereign Project's all about.
0: Excellent. I suppose if we go back to the mandate, because that would probably cover every single country because I know that. you know, And we've only discussed it recently. You know, Jane mentioned she had to wear a mask. You know, I, I haven't been doing it, but I'm, in Poland, everybody's doing it. And... So, un- unfortunately, the police are being brutal at times. They're coming up to people, giving fines. in some places, they're slapping them across the head with a baton. What do you do when well, they're trying to get when they're
1: trying to push this on us? Okay, we've got to learn about the police. This is something people don't understand. The police do not deal in law. Never have, never will. They actually deal in commerce. Commerce is trade between corporations. That's all they deal in. Okay. There's two, when when you look at the individual, the individual's dressed in a uniform, okay, he's a police, you might say police officer, he's also acting as a constable. The constable actually deals with law. A constable is actually responsible for his own actions. So there are two different job descriptions. So a constable deals with the law, which is protecting your rights and actual crimes. A police officer does not deal with that. He's dealing in commerce and
0: just sorry to interrupt you there with a the constable because i know that's a kind of you thing. is this a play around the world are we talking specifically to kind of commonwealth countries
1: correct yeah the 42 i think it's 42 commonwealth com- countries is the same but you'll find that in every country where there is a police force force or police officer there is an oath behind it that oath makes that individual liable for his actions so I can't speak for every single police force because I haven't formally uh, investigated every single one. But I've investigated, obviously, the one in England. By the way, the UK, the word UK only refers to a corporation. It's not a country. So a lot of people say, no, I live in the UK. Well, if you live in the UK, you're living in a corporation. If you accept that you are now under the jurisdiction of that corporation. And now you're going to get hit overhead by the policeman <laughs> because you've entered into a contract. The police policeman or woman officer cannot act against you at all, unless you give consent. You have to enter into joinder with that officer before he can act. Now it's very slight. It doesn't take much. It's not like he's going to offer your contract and say, do you mind signing here? I'll sign there. Okay. We're in a contract. Now I can bash you over the head with a truncheon. No, what he's going to do is go- it's going to be quite simple. He's going to ask your name. Are you Mr. Smith? Yes, I'm Mr. Smith. That's it. And you've now entered into a contract with the policeman. Now you've got to start answering his questions and now you're in trouble. So what you've got to do is you've got to learn how to control these police. And the best way to do that is don't even consider them police. This is where people go wrong, right from day one. They see someone in a uniform with a, a police badge and they automatically assume, oh, he must be a police officer. Don't do that. Just just consider him a stranger at that point. Don't assume anything. By the way, um, that's how the government, or should I say the people behind government, government doesn't exist, it's a legal fiction, but the people behind government operate under your assumption. So if you carry on assuming stuff, they will carry on acting against you. So don't assume that the person who's come up to you in a uniform is the policeman. It could be a male stripper for you, you know. Don't assume anything. So he's, he walks up. The very first thing is, uh, who are you? Like, don't say officer or nothing. Like that. I'm not even going to acknowledge he's an officer. Who are you? you you've walked up to this conversation. Who are you? If he says, oh, I'm a police officer. Oh, OK, then. Right. I need you to formally identify yourself. Name, rank, PC number, and give me your warrant card then. You don't go any further. You don't answer any questions at that point. He gives you your warrant card. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And then you say, OK, are you actually working under your constable's oath today? You've got him. He's got to answer. If you ask three times and he does not respond, you can answer for him and say, right, I don't believe you're working under your oath. That means you're not a constable. That means you're not a policeman. That means you're actually impersonating a police officer, which is seven years imprisonment. So I'll say, leave me alone. I'm going to call the real police and I'm going to put in a a, a complaint. You are breaking the law. So you just got to c- control the situation. Too many people are folding right at the beginning. The policeman comes up. Who are you? Want your name? I want your driver's license. You end up doing all this. You're being told what to do. You're doing it. You've entered into Joinder now. He has authority over you. That's all they need. But if you don't enter into Joinder, they can't touch you. If they do touch you, it's unlawful. I'm going to place them under arrest now. Film everything. All right? If if someone walks up to you, you don't know. All right, let's get the camera on. Okay, I'm recording this. We've got the tools. Use it. Use your mobile phone. Record everything. This will become your affidavit. This will become your witness. One of the things that the Sovereign Project wants to do is if I can get funding, I want to create an app. So the idea is is if someone from from, um, the government department, a policeman, social services or whatever, fake bailiffs, whatever, comes to you, you'll be able to switch the app on and it will live stream. And then all the other sovereign members, the fraternity members will be able to jump in on that call and they will be creating your remedy while you're recording it. And you'll say, oh, I've got 10,000 people watching this, um, officer, do you want to carry on down this line of questioning? So yes, police do not deal in law, only commerce. Okay. And I
0: mean, we've all, because I've seen loads of videos, I've seen people do it right, and some people kind of faltering. I've seen some others, they look like they've done it right, but you've got a psychopathic police officer who then gets abusive and everything. Yeah. If, assuming the fact that they chuck you into the paddy wagon or the police car, as we, you know, some would know it as, what's your next steps? What should you do if you're brought to the police station?
1: Right. Okay, you're in deep now. Um, As long as you haven't entered into join day, as long as you've not answered any questions, everything that's now happening to you is unlawful. All of it. So what you need to do is start giving notice. So the the person, the police officer who's acting unlawfully against you serving verbal notice, I hereby give you notice that you are kidnapping me. I charge £10,000 an hour minimum. And then you say nothing. Okay, you get dragged off. You go to the you say nothing. Do not not say a word. You can carry on saying, I'm held against my will. I am being kidnapped. You can say stuff like that, but don't say anything. Well, hopefully you won't be alone. So if you're gonna get pulled off, hopefully you've got friends with you that's gonna follow the police van to the police station. They're gonna be witnesses. Hopefully you're not alone and you've got friends also video recording it. You might have to spend 24 hours in the cell, all right? They will give you every opportunity. They'll come into the cell and say, oh, if you just sign this document, we'll let you go now. They'll make it difficult. Another thing as well is you might not have to take um, food or water. This is an, this is how they work. These people are vile because if you if they say, do, do you want water or food? And you said yes, you've entered into joined with them. You can't trust these people. You, the, when I learn how the system works, it's disgusting. It, it, the, these people are absolute criminals they are fraudulent. Is, but yeah, so you, you might have to say nothing. OK, but hopefully you've got your friends involved. Then you're going to have to start suing these people. So you don't sue the police. The police is a legal fiction. You're going to sue the officer by name. So you're going to find out where he lives and then you're going to sue him and you're going to serve notice. And you're going to take his house and his car. You're going to hit him with a 99-year lien because you acted unlawfully against me. You kidnapped me. It's £10,000 an hour. I was held for 24 hours against my will. It's £240,000. How do you want to pay it? and it's interest. Every day that goes by, there's interest on top. People have got to take back their rights. This is how you do it. You stand your ground. You gotta be, and by the way, I'm not saying this is easy. It's not, it's not, okay? When you're standing your ground, I've done it loads of times. When you're standing your ground, your heart's going, I get it, you think, oh, this is gonna end up bad. I get it, it's not easy. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. I would not suggest to the average person out there to take on a police officer straight away. Uh, take on traffic warden or something <laughs> that's <easy. laughs> so you know just have um small goals okay and and don't get yourself into a situation where you're going to be with police officers as well don't don't even do that at this point it's not worth the risk if you're not ready if you don't know how to handle yourself just don't get into that situation you know so um but yeah it, if you get carted away and you have not entered into joinder then it's unlawful and it's every officer. You can put serve notice on a morph. It's four of them. Each of them is liable. That's 240,000 a pop. There's your million. <laughs> when people start Have you ever seen money. anybody...
0: Uh, sorry, have you ever seen anybody actually getting some finance from so-called police officer when he's abused his power and not acted as a constable?
1: I saw um, there was a, a guy in America did it to an entire police station. The bailiffs went in and seized the entire police station, put stickers on the computer, everything, because the guy knew what he was doing. He did his paperwork correctly, and he seized the panda cars and everything. All the police cars were seized, and then the police station had to pay up to get all their equipment uh, right. But yes, now, the problem we have is the court system is completely corrupt. The court system is is not a court of law in any way, shape or form. It's corporate. It is... It is a corporation. They're actually acting as trusts. We can get into that if you wish to know that. But they're corporate, just the same as McDonald's and Burger King and all the rest of it. In fact, England, UK, all that, they're all corporations. America, they're all corporations. They've got no authority unless you uh, enter into a contract with them. So all these courts, they are not dealing in law and they are completely corrupt. The problem we might have is trying to get our paperwork processed, especially when it comes to affidavits. OK, you could do the notices. That's easy. You can sue someone from your own desk, which is what I do. Suing someone using your own paperwork, you don't use their forms. You, sue, you use no uh, notices, that sort of stuff. When you move into the affidavits and you want to file it with the court system, you might end up having problems. That's where the numbers come in. This is where solving project comes in. I'm on record as saying that Sovereign Project is Fight Club. We've all seen that film, Fight Club. We're not going to act on on this information. We're just discussing it. We're just talking about it. We're just talking about DVLA and our number plates. We're just talking about the council tax and how it's cooked. But when the numbers are there, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, and we all get our paperwork and hand it into the courts, there's no stopping it then. The courts are going to be swamped. It's game over so it is a numbers game an individual trying this it's difficult hence the project. and
0: and like with registration as well i heard that when you register something that you should only record it you might kind of delve into that a bit as well
1: because i don't you're aware registration right okay this is a this is something that people are going to have to wake up to Um, it's quite serious you've all heard klaus schwab say you will own nothing and you'll be happy He's right, no one owns anything now and people don't understand it. They don't understand contract law and they don't understand that they've entered into a contract and they don't understand they've given away all their property rights. They're unlawful contracts, okay? And they're all with corporations, which don't exist and don't have rights. So don't panic, everyone's panicking. They are bogus contracts, but you've done it nonetheless. So registering, if you register, you are handing over ownership. So that's what's happening. So the easiest one to understand would be, in this country, uh, within the UK corporation, you have an agency called DVLA. Okay, And every car is registered to that corporation, DVLA. It's operating as a trust, but we'll just keep it simple. What's happening is, is you are handing over the property rights of your car to DVLA. So DVLA now own the property rights. You have the user rights, but not the ownership. The DVLA now issues a license plate. This is the thing, is the government's telling you what they're doing. It's just the average person is illiterate. They don't listen to the words, they don't understand the words. But you are issued with a license plate. And that straight away should ring alarm bells. You go, I don't know, what do you mean license plate. License means asking for permission. That's what it means. So if I have license, it means I've asked someone else permission to use their rights. you go why do i need a license plate so what's going on dvla will issue a license plate that is a government number that is now affixed to your car they own it now you are liable you are liable for everything within the dvla policies you are now liable for the highway code here's another thing there are no road laws nor will there ever be the police fake it they get you to proclaim the law we'll touch on that in a bit But anyway, the DVLA. So what happens is you put your license plate on there, then you have to pay tax. You're not paying tax on your car, you're paying tax on the license plate. So the tax only applies to the license plate. And now you're liable for the speeding tickets and the whole lot. And if you don't do, as you're told, and you don't pay the tax, they can come along and seize the property because they already own it. You are using government property. And here's the thing. If you've got government property, that is now licensed, guess what you also now need? A driver's license. (laughs) So now you've got to get a driver's license to drive government property. So yes, if you actually just deregister your car, take it back and say, no thank you, I no longer require that service. By the way, it's completely voluntary, they can't force you on this. You take it back, you remove the license plates, then you don't need a license anymore and the driver's license and you're not liable for the tax and all the highway codes don't apply to you anymore. And you should be left alone. And if you are pulled over, you can sue the policeman because he's unlawfully and illegally pulled you over and say, "Right, well, I'm suing you for stopping me because I have the right to travel. And you just stopped that and you just violated that. But yeah, everything that you've registered, your house, your business, your children, your car, anything that you've registered with the government agency, you've handed over ownership. It's like your kids. If you put kids in a, in a public school, here's another thing. People think public means public. No, it doesn't. Public means private. <laughs> so the average person, if you say, do you know what public means? You go, oh, yeah, public park. You know, we'll go out on a picnic and we'll share the park together. No, that's common law public, not state public. State public means private. So what you're actually doing is you are now entering into a private jurisdiction that they call public. You are now a member of the public. It gives that's, They're giving you a clue. Membership. You are a member of the public. So you sign up And again you fill out the forms never fill out forms from the government people but you that's what you do you go to a public school and then you fill out the forms and you put your kids in there and then you don't understand why you get fined when you take your kids out of school and go on holiday you go what's going on how can i receive fines they're my kids no you handed them over to the public school they're in a private jurisdiction owned by the state you have no rights okay very, very, very dangerous thing to do because if you do that, social services can get involved. They can, they can uh, force medical procedures on on your children without your say so. You have no rights at that point. You can send notices all day long, and they will ignore it. So yes, um, registering means handing over ownership.
0: Oh, excellent. Listen, Peter, I'd love to stay on longer, but I don't want to hog the stage. Thank you very much, and I pass you over to Grace. <laughs> Oh hello.
2: Sovereign Pete. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you.
2: <laughs> nice to meet you too. I was, I'll go straight to fina- finances. Sure. I, I from what I um had studied and understand about the common law is that when we are we were born, we there's already a trust that's created. Yes. Yeah. So and then I've heard. You know, a friend of mine, but I didn't get a, a really a direct answer. So she said she was able to trace hers. So okay. I guess for those of us who want to trace that, where do we begin?
1: Oh, <laughs> you you've asked the holy grail of common law, right? Well, it starts with your birth certificate, and the one that you will have in your possession will not be yours; it will be a copy. And it will, probably, it will probably be copyrighted. You'll see on it, it'll say Crown Copyright. So it's not even yours at all. And some people have a birth certificate. But it's not even a birth certificate. It's a docket that reference a birth certificate, which you might have to track. Now, the birth certificate you might get your hands on is not your live birth. It will be you, the only one you could probably get your hands on will be the birth of your corporation. So i better take a step back and uh, explain how it all works. In layman's terms.
2: And, Pete, not to interrupt, but this all applies to the whole global situation, right?
1: Absolutely. Every country. If you were born in a state hospital and um, your parents signed some forms within that state hospital and there was a birth certificate, you are part of the trust, which, uh, which is called the CES2KV Trust. Go on, If anyone's listening, go and look at that up, okay? CES2KV Trust. All right. So you can find it. This is um, evolved over 2000 years. Okay. there's no definite. People want easy answers. There's no there's no easy answers on this. So but I will talk in layman's terms just so you can comprehend what's going on. Does everyone understand how a trust operates before we go further? Do you want me to touch on that very quickly? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. right. So to understand how this trust, you've got to understand trust law or what a base, there's over a hundred different types of trust. So I'm going to just, again, basic stuff. Try and think of credit and debt. Okay. So whenever credit is created, um, there's always a debtor. the, The two are always there. you creditor, you'll have a debtor. If someone's in debt, you'll have a creditor. They both exist at the same time. Okay. Now in normal trade, that's easy to understand you know i can pay you to to work for me you do the work and i will be in debt to you until you've completed the work i have to pay you and then i will pay you it's very simple to understand now in a trust is like this contract okay Where you've got a creditor and a debtor but it's a three-way contract you've got someone at the top called the administrator or trustee who controls this contract So you have one person who's the creditor, and one person who's the debtor of this contract, but you've got someone at the top who controls it. So you've got someone at the top who then basically creates the credit on your behalf and then someone else will be the debtor. So just think of it like a triangle. The way the entire monetary system is operated on is on this trust of credit. I think most of us now understand about fiat currency. We understand that it's a debt based monetary system. So you think, okay, there's, there's a lot of debt in this world, and there's some like, I don't know, 1.5, 2.7 quadrillion in debt. So you go, well, who's the creditor for all this debt? And that would be the people. So every person who's got a birth certificate that equal amount of debt, well actually, there's more debt than credit because it's interest. The interest is on top of the Ponzi scheme. So you've got the debt, but you've got sort of like an equal amount of credit that's been created. Using your birth certificate, there's interest on top of that debt. That's why it's got it reset in this decade. So what happens is, is when you were born, your parents don't understand any of this. They they fill out the forms and all the rest of it. But what they're doing is putting you when you were born. They're putting you into the trust. They've handed over ownership. So now the Vatican owns you. So the Vatican then creates a live certificate of birth in your name. That's a live one. You'll never see that. That's Underneath the Vatican, locked away. I don't think anyone's ever got their hands on that. I think that's the holy grail. That's not gonna happen. There's people out there trying to do that, but that's a multi-year task. It's not like, oh, I'll just apply to the Vatican, I'll fill this out. Hey, Vatican, can I have my life certificate back? Okay, okay, here it is. Oh, thank you very much, Vatican. Here's the thing: if you actually got your live certificate of birth, you will have the ability to create infinite credit, meaning Also, the Vatican will be on the hook as they're the debtors. They're the ones who set the trust up. They set the trust up, you see. So what they do is they take your live certificate of birth. They use that to create credit. They are now the debtors. They don't want to be the debtors. They don't want to pay all this back. So what they do is they get this debt and they give it to layman's terms. They give it to governments. It's It's up to the governments to get rid of this debt. So then what they do is the government ends up tricking you into paying back your own credit. So this credit is created, pays for, in your name, pays for the roads, electricity, gas, you name it, your car insurance, everything is paid for using the credit from your live birth certificate. The treasury is on the hook to pay it back. They don't want to pay that back. So then they get brokers like electric companies, gas companies, they are brokers, they don't sell anything. What they're doing is they're tricking you into paying back your own credit and then they give that money back to the treasury. Now, going back to your your birth certificate thing. The birth certificate that you'll probably have in your possession is the certificate of your legal fiction. This is a corporation in your name. It's a dead entity, doesn't exist. It's owned by the Vatican. That corporation has become the debtor. You are now tricked into becoming the debtor to pay back your own credit some people have got control of this you can do it through um you can bankrupt it so that's another thing you can do a hostile takeover just treat it like a corporation um other ones you can become a secured party creditor you can turn it into a limited company but you have to be careful if you turn it into a limited company and you're still under the jurisdiction of the uk then they can still get into your trust so uh, yeah so be careful of that one i think that one's quite difficult you've got to set you've got to create your own uh, country first and then you do do a limited company it's this is a minefield now this is this is not easy this is the holy grail you have to know your stuff at this point okay i cannot stress this enough um i have a good understanding but even i think do i want to go on this journey myself and i'm going i don't know because that's a lot of work that's last months and years of trolling through paperwork you have to become a, a private detective so you'll have, and, and there's no two people, it's the same remedy. So you have to start with your birth certificate. What hospital were you born in? What country were you born in? It's going to be different. There are going to be different agencies. You're going to have to contact them. You're going to have to trace it all the way back. Not easy.
2: I guess it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime journey. And uh, at this moment, each of us can, can, will kind of have make a decision of where we put our energy. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. Um, you could spend hours, years, weeks or whatever on trying to get hold of your trust fund, but it, it, don't forget it's in fiat. And they're, reset, they're resetting the fiat. So the, the trust fund, if you get hold of it, and if you say 10 years time, it's not gonna be worth anything. So you probably put all these years in, you'll finally get hold of it, and it's worth two pound 50. It'll, it'll buy you a cup of coffee. So I tend to put people off that and say, look, if you wanna go on that journey, go on that journey. The Sovereign Project is much simpler. We're just gonna step out of the system. We're not gonna be part of it anymore. We're not gonna play this game anymore. We're not playing the Fiat system anymore. We're gonna go back to using gold and silver. We're gonna be in the private. We'll have our own economy, okay? So that's the easier solution. But yes, the birth certificate, that's the holy grail. There are people doing it. I think Peter Wilson is a friend of mine. um, I think he's gonna take it on. So um, he's got a YouTube channel, follow him. He's gonna, he's been training for years just for that.
2: Okay. (laughs) thank you pete uh, sovereign pete let me just share you now one of the questions of the viewers he said what should we do first about unearthing all of this yeah. since you mentioned already about the sovereign project
1: yes um i would make it simple you've got to get the average person in on this if you like but you're dealing with people who don't even know what money is they don't know the difference between lawful and legal. They literally know nothing. This is the reason I wrote my book because that's my first book, I'm working on another one. because I thought, okay, can I do a book on the system, the upper level? And I thought, if I do that, no one's going to understand it. It'll be gibberish. They won't trusts and all you know' to cave they''ll look at it and go, "No, that's gibberish, don't get it. So I had to write a book that is like explains the basics, <laughs> So now you're ready. To take on what is really behind the system it's like do you know what fiat currency is do you know what quantitative easing is do you know what fractional reserve banking is do you know what money should be you know all these things so do you know what a ponzi scheme is you know i was i was i was getting frustrated i started talking with people you know 10 years ago and i was discussing them about this and i was going you know this fiat currency is a ponzi scheme and they go what's fiat currency what's a ponzi scheme and i went Oh, geez. All right, let's go back to talking about the weather and football then, shall we? Mm. So so I thought, I'll write a book. That's easy. You get through it and you go, right, now I'm up to date. Now you're ready for the big stuff. Okay. So try and wake people up to the money. That's where I'll probably begin. Okay. There's a great reset coming. It's a financial and social reset that's coming in this decade. They are going to take everything. And when Klaus Schwab says you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, they're actually going after the property. They've got the property rights, they want to go after the user rights. That's what they want because people haven't given that over yet. Okay? That's when they nationalize everything. That's when the state owns the property and the user rights of your car, of your house, of your children. Think communism. No one owned anything. So that's what they're going to do in this decade. And they're going to do it because everyone is so loaded up on debt. And when interest rates go parabolic, 20, 30 percent, no one's going to be able to make the payments. And then the banks are going to come in and say, well, OK, we're going to take your assets. So we'll take your car, we'll take your house. You won't own them, but we'll let you live there as a tenant. And now, but by the way, to do that, you're going to have to sign up to this social credit system. And make sure you've had the medical procedure, and it will be a crypto system as well at that point. So you'll have to use a government crypto currency, which has a time limit on it, and also has limitations on how and where you can spend it. You'll only be able to spend it on Amazon on certain things on certain days. It's, what they've got planned is doesn't you, bear thinking about.
2: And uh, let me share another uh, question from the audience, because you mentioned about crypto. He said, "How does the crypto fit into the scheme?"
1: Right, crypto. Full disclosure, I do own a little bit of Bitcoin and some other crypto. So I think it's a good idea to have some and ride the wave. Okay, because I think Bitcoin and some of the cryptos are going to go higher. But I don't like, none of these cryptos are money. None. There's a lot of people out there saying, oh, cryptos are the new money. No, they're not. The thing with money, you've got to understand the basic, basic fundamentals or foundation of money is very simple to understand. It's got to have two parts. One part, it has to have someone's labor. The other part is an intrinsic value, something with intrinsic value, a commodity, of physical real value. For example, a gold coin. That meant that someone had to work hard, dig the gold out the ground, melt it down, turn it into a coin. There's the labor. The gold itself is the intrinsic value. Okay. Now, here's another key part to true money. There is never any third party. Because when you trade, You are exchanging one item for another, like this phone for this pen. You're just exchanging it, a simple trade. That's how money works. Here you go, I've got a silver coin. This might explain, silver coin. Uh, That's pretty handy, that is money. No third party, so I might sell this and the the one who wants to buy it is gonna exchange it. There's no one else in this trade. There's no triangle, there's no third party at the top trying to get a slice of the action, true money. All cryptos, all of them require a third party. You need electricity, you need internet, you need a device. And then the network itself will take some commission because you'll have like Bitcoin miners and all the rest of it, you see. So I look at crypto as a service. Good one. Some of them are very handy to have because if you want to buy something in another country without trust, there's no trust, you can use a crypto. That's a very handy tool to have. I'm not saying it's bad. But I think this is what... So when I wrote my book, I think there was like um, 6,500 cryptocurrencies. And I think there's over 13,000 now. And that's the problem is as more and more people create more and more cryptos, it dilutes the market. So more and more people end up buying more cryptos. So it's, it's, it's again, Ponzi scheme. You know, there's no cap. There is a cap with this. got silver because there's only a certain amount of silver. There's a cap with gold there's only a certain amount of gold that's it and if you're sort of religious god's money is supposed to be gold so (laughs) you know um (laughs) but yes Thank,
2: thank you pete for you know everything that you're doing is really truly crucial and we here in our group believe that that's what is most important and in new jersey there we have meetings online also with local people who understand about common law. And then one of the advice really is to have to start purchasing silver coins or silver bars, even more than gold. Okay. So thanks a lot. And I'm going to pass it on first to uh, next to uh, Hartmut.
3: Hi, Peter. Um, Very interesting uh, topic because here in Germany, we, we, or we deal with this topic uh, for a long time and we try to do it as the third reich and um, i know several people no two people who who do who did this they said okay i'm not part anymore of the system i'm i'm of the i'm of i'm of the weimar republic and uh, the problem what they are facing is in that moment they are completely out of the system they don't get any Pension funds anymore. They don't get any money when they lose their job. They are, have no possibility to go in uh, hospitals anymore and get paid and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, and the problem is if you go this hard way, then you go really away completely alone. Maybe you are not allowed to use the streets anymore. This is the problem. So they okay. did it this way that they we in Germany we have Vereine clubs. And uh, we have, um, our law for the clubs is older than the law, what we have right now. And um, I don't know whether you have in UK an act regulating club and association. And I don't know if you have an act regulating uh, clubs or for clubs and regulation. If you have such a law for this kind of clubs, then you can become a representative of the club. Mm-hmm. And you can part and you can participate within the system as a representative of the club, but you are not the man on the passport okay this is uh, this is a way people try to do it here so that for example, if they sit in the front of the court, they say, well, the man on the passport that's not me, but I am but- the representative of the club and uh, and please judge. To whom are you talking? Are you talking to me as representative, or are you talking to me as as the passport owner? And um, do you do you have any similarity in the UK that you have a club law where you where the where the um, let's say the the representative of a club have specific rights?
1: Okay, I think I I hear what you're going on. Now, here's the thing: when I know a lot of people are using this common law. I think this is where a lot of people go a little bit astray. Okay. They go looking for it. That's a mistake. You will not find common law if you go looking for it. Okay. Common law is from within. I make the law. That's how it works. That's what sovereign means. In, when you are sovereign, you have this. I mean, you've got to talk about rights. Let me just touch on this as well. A lot of people think rights are just rights. I go, no, 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 no. It's a package deal. Rights is part of a package deal that you get when you become sovereign, which is when you reach the age of consent. And that means that you have your authority, you have your court, you make the law, you have your jurisdiction and it's your freedom. So when you understand that, I will never go looking for a law that gives me permission to do something, because the very first question I ask is whose law is it? So here's a little trick. Let's see. If someone brings a piece of paper to me, and they say this is the law the next question i ask is who wrote it <laughs> who wrote it because guess what it's not law it's someone else's policy that's all it is this is the biggest scam that these politicians and these governments or the people behind governments that's what they're doing so they give me this piece of paper and say i have got some common law here got it off the internet let me have a look and i go who wrote this that's their policy it's meaningless it means nothing to me it only applies to me if i put my signature onto it if i sign the policy and someone else also signs the policy then it becomes law for me and the other person okay so if i'm going to open a private club i'm just going to open a private club end off i don't go looking for some magical form or magical law or anything like that i will just open a pma which is a private members association. You don't need any regulations. You don't have to look it up. There's no paperwork that you need apart from your paperwork. You will do your paperwork. So you want to do, uh, you know, set up a club. It could be a a coffee shop. Set it up as a PMA. So you lay out your policy. You'll lay out your constitution. And here's another thing. Where have you heard the constitution before? Oh, America. Yeah, that's one giant PMA. (laughs) People have no clue how this works. The United States of America is a corporation acting as a PMA. It's a private club. If you accept the title, the American citizen, then you are now under the jurisdiction of that uh, constitution of that PMA. <laughs> You're under a private jurisdiction. So anyway, so if you want to open your own business, you just write out your constitution in my court, in my jurisdiction, in my using my law. It's a PMA, it's a private members association, right? And I offer it to anybody. And then if a customer comes along and says, oh, I'll have some of that, Okay, you sign there. I sign there. Thank you very much. There's your membership card. Now you're part of my PMA. Now I've got a customer. So say you've got 10,000 customers all operating. And then the police come knocking on your door saying you've got no, uh, you you haven't got regulations. You haven't got all the paperwork. You go, hang on a minute. It's my PMA. Is your name down on this? No, it isn't. Is there a contract between me and you, constable? saying i have to follow your policy no i don't think there is so you're trying to impose a contract onto me that doesn't exist that's a tort and that's very close to criminal action because the way it goes you've got civil you've got tort, you've got criminal civil the meaning contract okay means a dispute between two people where a contract already exists that's a civil dispute that's a civil that's a civil act you know civil matter then you've got tort. Tort is more serious than civil. Tort is a torturous act, which means someone is trying to impose a contract onto you where one doesn't exist, or they've violated your rights. Now we're getting serious. If I can prove intent that you intended to impose a contract onto me that didn't exist, we're now going into the criminal. Now you're gonna go to jail. So people have got to know this stuff, okay? Knowing law is not difficult. Knowing law is not trying to memorize thousands of bits of legislation. So uh, in, the, in the UK corporation, in their legal system, which, by the way, I am not part of that jurisdiction, in that legal system, there's something like 32 million bits of legislation. Do I want to try and memorize all that? No. In America, the American corporation, has 50 million pieces of legislation. You will not live long enough trying to read them all. Don't even play the game. Just say it doesn't apply to me, and life gets much more simple. People have got to learn that they make the law. Stand in your own two feet. You Stand in your power. I make the law. I write it down. You're in my jurisdiction now. So that's how it works. But let me just touch on a few things. You mentioned passport. You're absolutely correct. The passport is not you. It never will. Your passport, you'll notice, is written in all caps. Your name is in all caps. That's not even English. That's some sort of dog latting ASL or something like that. That's making reference to your corporation. All you are, by the way, is a postman. It's not you that's traveling, it's the passport. <laughs> so you're a postman, acting as a postman with this passport. The word passport means pass from port to port. And then you're carrying this piece of mail, which is making reference to your corporation. Then you get to another country and what do they do? Get the stamp out, stamp it. That means you're now entering into a different jurisdiction. <laughs> People think it's them. It's, no, passport's not you. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need it. So, <laughs> but yes, the passport's not you. So, um, we'll touch on. You mentioned pensions, and if pension funds,
3: would... pension funds, for example, yeah, uh, the te- the tax con, the tax department can close the the banking system, can close the, can uh, cl- can block the the account all these things can happen if you Go say ahead. stop and then you yeah in in germany so they were told. So i was told then they uh, there is a prob- probability that you are kicked out of the complete system that you don't have that you don't also have any account anymore mm-hmm. and for this reason they established foundations in in other countries with yes. a bank with an account and with okay. and in the foundation they established a company so that they could work over the company So that it can make business with normal people.
1: Correct. Yes, that's right. There's two ways of doing this. You can go full private and just turn you back on the whole thing. A lot of people have done that. Or you can take control of your birth certificate, the dead entity, the legal fiction, and treat it as a corporation. So your name or your, your last name in all caps. By the way, your surname's not yours. So the surname is owned by the Vatican the word idiot means the person who does not know their name so if you go into court and they call you by your surname you know mr smith and you go yes the court will treat you as an idiot because the court knows that's not your name you might notice the very people at the very top of this pyramid don't have last names the queen of england does not have a surname she's from the house of windsor so the Rothchilds don't have a surname they have a. Uh, like gareth d rothschild the d means that that is not a surname anymore it's a family name or a house name another one is a G- in germany you probably know this germany if you've got von in the middle of your name von means that's not a surname so you know hans von bergen or whatever bergen is either a place or a house not a surname because the von says it's not a surname so yeah the passport is not you so you can get you can get this corporation you can become a secured party creditor and you 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 own that corporation and you can treat it as a corporation you can run it as a corporation and still live in the private and you can put everything into that if you wish also what you can do is pensions oh yeah i want to touch on the pensions as well and all this sort of stuff there is going to be no pensions a lot lot of people are clinging on to this oh you know if i step out the system i won't get my pension cut news for you, in this decade, there's not gonna be any pensions, it's gone. I was warning people over a decade ago, this is why I wrote the book, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I thought there is gonna be no pensions. Private or state, they're gone. The private ones are actually running, the last time we looked at the debt market, the last time I looked, the debt market, I think it was 30 trillion was operating with a negative yield, which means negative interest rates. That's the debt market. Every single pension is basically you've bought debt and you're hoping that that debt will be paid off and then you will get your pension. It ain't gonna happen. I've got a private pension, it's worthless. I've been paying into it since I was 21. And now when I researched the pension system, I went, oh my God, this is scam. People now paying into private pension companies are actually paying the people who are retired today. That's all that's happening, okay? State pension, have a look at the unfunded liabilities of your country. Okay, in the UK, UK corporation, it's nine trillion. That's unfunded liabilities. That's essentially the pensions. So, what this is, is pensions that have been promised to the elderly, nine trillion. In America, 220 trillion. Unfunded liabilities. There's no money. So, there's no pensions. Sorry for the bad news. You've got to prepare now. This is why I've got gold and silver wages as well oh my god where do i begin with that um, in a free market it doesn't matter if you lose your job for a few weeks or a few months because you'll have a big load of savings to live off that's the way I, I live my life by the way i've never taken any benefits or anything i had a back injury 10 years ago and i couldn't work for two years didn't i didn't claim anything i just lived on my savings because i was saving i would just save just in case something bad happens you don't know. That's what sovereign means. You're responsible for your own life. So if something bad happens and you lose your job for whatever reason, I go, okay, I've got my savings. I'll live off that for a couple of years, which is what I did. And then I got back to work and filled the hole in and the savings filled it back up again. So people have got to be responsible for themselves. Pensions is a scam. People should not be paying into companies or corporations for their own future. Do you think these corporations care about your future? No. In fact, a lot of these pension companies don't want you to live past 65. And here's the thing, this is the truth behind what's going on now. So we say that the medical situation that's going on in the world today is to do with the fact there's no money to pay pensions and there's no money to pay benefits. You are a liability to the government at that stage. They don't want you alive. They want your trust fund, because when you die, they can gain access to the trust fund, which is worth a couple of million. That's what they want. People think that this whole medical thing is um, being pushed by the uh, pharmaceutical companies. No, it's not. They're only dealing in hundreds of billions. That's chicken feed. That is that is loose change that you find in the back pocket of your genes. The people truly behind this have gone past the billions. They've gone past the trillions. They operate in the quadrillions, just to give you an idea. okay. So, yeah, people are way off base when they say, oh, it's the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, they're just, they're just an agent. They're a bit part player in this. They're going to make some money. whoop de doo They're not behind it. But, yeah, so there's no pensions, no wages. Hospitals. I would not be using state hospitals anymore. Uh, right. Now I've researched state hospitals. I researched cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's and realized they were curable because I found out what caused them. Um, you need to look up MLC5 that's found in a certain medical procedure. Just have a look at it. Look up um, Rachel Seller. So that's someone you, you, you should get on as a, as a guest. When I discovered that and the link to all the E numbers that are in supermarket food, it's like, oh, my God, no wonder everyone's dying of cancer. Yeah. But yet yeah, you do not want to trust state hospitals. State-controlled medical doctors are completely dangerous. You want to, You want to steer away from them at all costs. But hospitals, this is another thing. People think hospitals are there for your health. I mean, this is what I don't understand. Look, I mean, the government set up hospitals because they want you to live a long time. No, the state want to take control of the hospitals so they can make you sick and make money off you while you are sick. And they want to get control of your birth certificate. That's where it's created. Have you ever wondered why in a hospital is called a ward? And it's the same in the prison. You have wards in prisons, you have wards in hospitals. What you're doing is you're handing over your authority to the people who run that hospital. You are awarding your authority to them. You might have noticed what's going on in this country. You've got mothers who can no longer see their babies. they have just given birth and then they can't get into the hospital. And you go, what's going on? We, in Leicester, we helped a mother who we went sort of a little viral. Fifteen of of um, the people that I know went to the hospital and dealt with that. But here's the thing is that mother knew, did not know what she was getting into. She did not, she filled the forms in. You handed your child over to a government agency. You consented. That's why these doctors and nurses can then tell you what to do because you are in contract with them. So yeah, I would not be trusting state hospitals. I would go holistic. Do you register from your GP? I could talk for hours on that, but I mean, I was really ill five years ago and that's when I went down the, my research switched from law and i switched into nutrition and health and my god did i learn stuff and it was when i learned it i was like oh my god what are these people in hospitals been doing what have they been doing for decades i'm telling you that there is a rage building on this planet a rage and when people wake up to the truth and they realize what really is going on and it unleashes I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be way out of that. But when it happens, my God, these people are going to be angry. But the streets, you mentioned the streets. No one can stop you traveling the streets. That can't happen. The streets are common land. No person can stop you doing that. That would be a violation. That's unlawful. Let's touch on the traffic laws. There's no such thing as road laws. They don't exist. Never do. Never have. The police know that. They can't enforce it. The reason being because all roads are common to all. That means if I stand on that road and you stand on that road, you cannot enforce your policy onto me. That would be unlawful. The police can't do that. They know that. So when you get pulled over and you get the ticket, it's a contract. They're saying, would you like to pay me 60 quid for speeding? And you go, okay, then you sign and date it. At that point, you've proclaimed the law. Now you're contracted, now you pay your fine. So no one can stop you. If you've got number plates on, don't make it difficult. You take the number plates off and say, look, this is a private automobile. Automobile, auto means autonomy. My authority, Mobiles. mine. Get off. They can't touch you. So, yeah, the banks want to touch on that. You don't own your bank account. It's not yours. People don't understand this. That bank account is not yours. You are just the account holder. Have a look at your debit card. Your name is in all caps. (laughs) That's not you. Okay, that's the name of the corporation that's controlled, controlled by the Vatican. So people go, I can't get my money out. It was never yours to begin with. You're just the account holder. Sorry. So, yeah, you don't want money in the bank. So, I think I covered all that, didn't I?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I have one question. I, I hope we can. Uh, I have one, uh, another question because um, many people have in the moment real estate. And the real estate, as you said, in the capital, when you write it in the capital, your name is written in the capital letters. So it doesn't exist. it, It doesn't, you don't own it. And the interesting thing is at the moment that in November 2019, the German government has, let's say they have changed a law, which was the war victim law. And the war victim law was the law in order to give funds for for victims from the war from the Second World War, mm-hmm. and this law they have changed to a, a social, let's say, social compensation law. So mm-hmm. now, if there is a social compensation, for example, also uh, vaccination uh, damages can be paid by this law, and mm-hmm. this is connected to a compensation trust law. So that all people, that all the people in the country, have to pay, let's say, more than, if, for example, if more than five thousand euro, everything will be split 50 Fifty 50 percent will get the government, and uh, if you have real estate, then you, then the value, for example, will be taxed. Will be, yeah, they will, they okay. will show what the value is, and then you have mortgages for thirty years. Yeah, and this law will. Uh, will be activated in Germany on the first january twenty twenty four and so we so we think that the compensations and the payments will so high that no one can hold or no one can pay these payments anymore because they are so high and mm-hmm. so all the property will go back to the to the government
1: yeah that's the plan that's the let plan me a- let me ask you though whose law? The, who? Of the corporation. Well, a corporation doesn't exist. It's a dead entity, has no rights. So, who? Can you give me a name of the person who's decreed the law?
3: Question If I have already, if I'm, let's say, I'm 60 years old, I have a house, and I have all done this, and so I have the registrations, I have registered the house okay. in the departments. Okay. And I'm. Let's say I'm trapped in this way. Okay. How can I? How can I get it out and how can
1: I say, this is my house? Were you given informed consent? Okay. Think about it. Were you given informed consent? When you filled the forms out and you sent it off, were you given informed consent of what you were doing? No. no. You know, when you filled all those forms out, was there a second signature included on the form? No. So who do you have a contract with? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Do you see how fragile the system is? Do you wow. see? Yes. You have no contract with any of these people. You have written pieces that you've probably signed on pieces of paper that just belong in the corporation, which is a dead entity with no rights. That corporation can't do anything because it's not alive. It doesn't exist. So you say, well, you know, there's a, there's a problem. Now, if a person from one of these agencies contacts you and says, right, we're here to do X, Y, Z you'll turn around to that person and go, what's your name? What's your name? I've got your name, okay. is your signature on this. Oh, it's not. Right, well you must be acting as an agent, so can you tell me the name of the principal that you're acting for, and can you give me the name of the principal who's claiming they've got a contract with me? Can't do it, because that principal doesn't exist. That agent is in serious trouble because he's knocked on your front door trying to put a contract onto you that doesn't exist. Remember, a contract only exists with two signatures. It has to have your signature on it. Has to. And for someone to impose that contract onto you, it has to have theirs on it as well. If their signature is not on it, there is no contract. This is why the system is so fragile, because the average person thinks they've got contracts. And I go, who with? What? Yeah, who have you got a contract with? Give me his name. They can't do it. So if you don't know the name that you have a contract with, how do you know you're in a contract? You're not. You see, this is why the system is so fragile. It really is. It's a joke. When you understand how it works, you'll be laughing your head off. You go, oh, my God, because all these people, none of them want to take liability. They don't want to take responsibility. They have all been hiding behind corporations, legal fictions. So when you start putting pressure on them and go, who's the principal? They are in so much trouble. These people are going to quit their jobs, they're going to releg it, they don't want any part of this because the scam is over. It's like you were saying about, oh, this law, that law, this law. Well, wait a minute. None of what you mentioned is law in any way, shape or form. None of what you said was law. It's all legislation. They're all contracts. They only apply to you if you say, yeah, okay, I will pay all that tax and I will hand my property over if you've signed on the bottom line. If you did not sign on the bottom line, it doesn't apply to you. So when, when people wake up to people are doing things. It's like this mandate stuff. People are panicking over this mandate stuff. I mean, why are you panicking over this mandate stuff? You can't be mandated. People email me all the time. We get onundated with emails and I get the same thing. They keep saying, work is making me take the jib-jab. And I go, what do you mean work? Work does not exist. It's illegal fiction. Can I have a conversation with work? No. can I have a can I shake work's hand? No. Can I pull work into a court of law and cross-examine work? No, God doesn't exist. So then I turn around and say, right. We know work does not exist. So who? who at work is mandating you to take the medical procedure? When enough people wake up to that and they become sovereign, this is the thing. you can't fake it. You can't fake it. You can't say I'm sovereign now. And then turn around and say, the government's passed this law, so I've got to do as they say. (laughs) (laughs) No. Government doesn't exist. It's a legal fiction. I always say who. Right. If I'm being told I've got to do something, I want to know that person's name. Give me the name of the person who says I have to do the thing. Give me the name. And that person knocking on that front door. If he can't give me the name of the person, i.e. the principal then that agent who's knocking on my front door, he's liable. He's just made an invalid claim against me. He's making a claim that I have to do something, but he can't give me the name of the person where there's a contract. There's no contract. It's a scam. They've been doing it for decades, for centuries. So all this stuff that, you know, legislation. Here's the thing. <laughs> even in their system, even in their system, their legal system, their laws have not even been proclaimed because no one wants to take liability for it. In their system, for something to be law, one of those politicians has to put their name to it. They have to proclaim it, which means they then say, I hereby proclaim that this is now law. They sign it, they date it. You need a date of when it was proclaimed. They don't want to do that because then they will be liable. So take a look at it. Ask, can you tell me who proclaimed this law? <laughs> There's no one there. That's the fragile. That's why the system's so fragile. It's all a bluff. It's all legal fictions. All of it. Government doesn't exist. It's a corporation. It does not exist. Corporation, dead entity. Corporation. When you wake up to that and just say, "Who is telling me to do this?" And we all do this. Say hundred thousand of us, five hundred thousand of us, a million, five hundred fifty million of us on this planet, all turn around and say, "Who?" is saying i've got to do the thing it's game over game over so yes i wouldn't play the legal system just just demand who is saying this no one wants to take liability for it and they'll start running
3: <laughs> brilliant thank you peter it was really a pleasure i passed to jane well, thank you so much anytime, cool. anytime. <laughs>
4: That's the key, isn't it, Peter, for enough people to wake up to this and just to yes. say no more. Yes. I've worked in the health field and I've just I've seen how they've used health and people have been programmed to give away their sovereignty and health for 100, 200 years. So when this broke out, what do people do? They look to someone else for the answers. And the answer is mandates and jabs, right? And so we become become a commodity. And when you wake to that, that you're no more than a commodity, it's kind of mind-blowing. Like you you thought they cared. You thought that, you know, you were important. (laughs) And that it couldn't be further from the truth. I don't know. It's yeah. it's just incredible to, to hear you and, and, and to feel that power inside. I wondered I wondered if you could give us the basics on silver and gold, because that does sound like yeah. an important thing to be aware of.
1: Absolutely. Silver and gold. I mean, I, I don't give financial advice, obviously, and I don't teach. People can listen to me. And this is the thing about being sovereign, by the way. Be responsible for your own decisions. Be responsible for your own decisions. I have never taken advice from anybody, but when I've listened to things on like other podcasts and I've listened to somebody like James Corbett or something like that, and I've gone, what? What's that he said? Let me go and look it up. What's this? Oh, blimey, he's right. So if I say something, oh, don't take my word for it. Go and do your own due diligence and, and, and check it for yourself. But yes, the whole thing, the, the entire financial system wants and still is um, to remove gold and silver from the people or the plebs, okay, the people stuck in the plebeial system. Um, little, just off topic a little bit, going back to the passport. If you check your passport, um, I think this works on all passports. I think it'll definitely work on the uh, UK one, uh, but there'll be a, a letter or a denomination somewhere in, there in one of the codes. It'll be either A, D, or P. So A is a, uh, aristocrat, D is diplomat, and P is uh, plebeian. <laughs> so you're part of the plebs. You're part of the plebatorial system. So the idea, what these people at the very top, the Crown Corporation, is they want to strip us of true money, which is gold and silver, which is what they've done. No one uses it anymore. Okay, we use bits of paper. Some people say that the notes we use are promissory notes. They used to be. They're not even that. They're just pieces of coloured plastic with no value. So they've managed to take all the gold Take a look to take a look look at Vatican and the royal family. You'll see the gold dripping everywhere. The Pope's sitting on a throne made of gold. It's worth twenty million dollars and all the rest of it. Okay, they want they want the gold. They have been using gold for, for centuries now, and what they tend to do is they steal the gold from everybody. While they steal the gold, they devalue the the gold make it worthless or virtually worthless, and so no one wants it. You, you plebs, you don't want any of this gold, right? It's cheap. It's just an old relic. Okay, then all the plebs find it too difficult to make ends meet because of wage compression that's caused by inflation. So they get into debt. So everyone borrows. So they're borrowing to buy houses and cars and student loans and all the rest of it. So they keep borrowing and borrowing. By the way, none of that is actually true debt. It's all credits. You own credit that is now being sold back to you as debt, so there is no debt, it's another fake thing. So anyway, these people got all this debt. When the system gets so bloated with all this debt, and no one can actually pay it back anymore, they orchestrate a crash. The stock market will crash, although this time, I think it's gonna be a currency crash, so the market is gonna crash upwards, not downwards. So if you look at the stock market of Venezuela, for example, that is the best performing stock market ever. It goes straight up. And the reason was is because their currency completely crashed. So it, it looks great. That's happening right now, by the way, in in real time. So you look at the main stock market, Dow Jones, and all that, that stock market's going up. The only reason it's going up is because the dollar's being devalued at around 15% per year. Okay. So when the w- the weight of all this debt is so big, and then all the elites, if you like, all the people, power sites have got all this gold, which is very low value. They smash the system, wipes out everybody. They steal all the wealth. Gold goes ballistic. And then the people who know how this scam works are sitting pretty because they've got all the wealth, this wealth transfer. So if you know that's coming, if you know the fiat currency is being devalued, at least 15% per annum, then you should not be holding your savings in fiat. And you should get yourself some gold, silver, get a good selection, a few denominations, different coins. You know, I like silver coins. Silver coins, by the way, you can use them on the black market because of the silver. And you can still spend them in shops because they're actually legal tender. People don't understand that because this is actually a Brit- a Britannia. It's actually got the queen on it. There you go. OK, that's legal tender in this country. So I can go into Tesco's, order a load of shopping, put it into my into my trolley and pay with this. And if they don't take it. And I say three times, here, I want to pay, I want to pay, I want to pay. And each time they say, uh, no, we don't want to take it, I just walk out of the shopping then. Oh, no, it's mine. It's free. I offer to pay. This is legal tender. You've refused. I mean, that's going to be a good trick. You know all these uh, companies that no longer take cash? <laughs> go, go in with a silver coin. Say, I want to pay. Film yourself. <laughs> Film yourself. <laughs> here, I want to pay with a silver coin. If they say, no, 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 we don't take cash or whatever, three times. Okay, I've offered to pay. I'm now taking it. It's free now. (laughs) People don't know how this works. But yeah, gold and silver is a good idea. Get a bit of crypto if you want a bit of a dab, you know, a bit of a gamble, if you like, you know, because I think crypto is going to go ballistic as well. I think Bitcoin and that. But I think some of these cryptos are most of them are like Trojan horses as well. You've got to be very, very careful. The government wants us in the crypto, by the way. So, And a lot of people say, oh, some of these cryptos, um, yeah, they're, uh, they are um, untraceable. I think Monero one, is one, I think, that people, oh, you can't track it and all the rest of it. The government doesn't care about the actual crypto itself because they're going to be tracking your devices. You can't use crypto without internet, without a device. We all know this is full of spyware, bloatware. They know exactly what I'm doing. Microsoft 10's got a key logger in it. You know, so if you're gonna use the internet, if you're gonna use a device, then the government will know you've just done a transaction in a crypto. And you think, well, our money gonna deal, uh, say I get a freedom phone, I get, you know, and I use my own, I'll, I'll set up a clever sort of internet thing. Yeah, well, what happens if you trade with a pleb on the street and he's got a normal device? The government now knows that transactions happen. So yeah, these cryptos have some, but um, I don't think they're gonna be very good in the future.
4: Yeah, that's what makes me suspicious of it, right? Because they can control it at some point and knock that's it all out, which is they want us non-sovereign. So sure. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying like I've always questioned having hard gold and silver because like you yeah. say, what if they don't accept it or what if I have like a gold bar mm-hmm. and, that, and they don't have change or, you know, any way of... But so to have silver coins is, is um, probably the easiest yep. way to, yeah.
1: yeah. Queen's head okay. on it, it's legal, t- legal tender. It, it's 30, it, you know. Remember, the word legal, by the way, means contract, okay? So it, you will only hear the word legal or illegal within a contract. It does not mean lawful or unlawful. So when I say legal tender, it means that this is legal tender in the casino of the UK corporation. Think of it like a a token, you know when you go to Las Vegas and you you get poker chips. well, that poker chip chip only has value in that casino. If you take it to another one, they won't recognize it. Okay, so when I say legal tender, yes, this has intrinsic value because it's silver, but it's also a poker chip in their system. but uh, yeah, I mean uh, the thing is, is within the black market, that's all they'll want. they'll only want gold and silver, they don't want fiat <laughs> they you know if they go cashless. The thing is, is I don't even know if they can do it, this cashless thing, because there's people out there that are already starting up their own internal uh, local economies. It's happening already. And one of the things that the Sovereign Project wants to do is actually create a golden note. There's now a technology where you can do a real note made out of real gold. No third party risk. So, you know, there are only a few dollars to make. And it's like a, it's like laminated. It's like a gold leaf. And it's like laminated. Right. So for a few dollars, that's what they're worth. People could use them. I think there's a, um, I think Utah, I think, uses them. There's a, there's a town in Utah and they use these, they use the gold, I think it's called goldbacks. You might be worth looking into that, called goldbacks. Okay. So check that out. Um, and they use it alongside the American dollar. So some of the shops in that place, they'll go, okay, we'll accept the dollar, but we also accept the, we all. you know, we'll, we'll accept the the, the gold back. So um That would open up local economies. And the thing is get networked. That's what I do. That's what I'm doing. I've got my little local economy here where I live. I've got over, getting over 400 people now. So we're all going to trade between ourselves. (laughs) So it's happening. And then as people realize, as this financial crash comes in and they're going to find it almost impossible to make ends meet, they're going to look at us, the sovereigns saying, well, we don't have a problem. You know, we've already paid our electricity once. We're not paying it twice. You know, we no longer have, we don't have to pay council tax because there's no contract between me and the council. And then if the interest rates go up and the mortgage companies want, want some, you know, want paying off I say, well, I'm going to a minute, I'm going to challenge the mortgage company and I say, who do I actually have a contract with? And then I'll challenge the mortgage company, and say, well, I don't actually have a mortgage, but if you had one, and then I'll say, is there any other creditors that I should know about within this mortgage, com- this mortgage contract that I've got? They're going to start panicking because their scam is going to be uncovered. It's knowledge. Get the knowledge out there. When enough people know, it will collapse. The house of cards is going to collapse. All of it. Yeah.
4: And then we have to have a way to rebuild.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be good to go. We've already rebuilt. We're, We're good to go. We'll have our gold and silver. We'll know. So we'll just trade straight away. But, you know, it'll just take probably 18 months, two years, and we'll be good to go.
4: Right. So to develop, you know, uh, trading within local, like people that you know that you can trade commodities with and just get started on that would be an important first move.
1: Yes. Yes. And also, I'm actually working with another group called the Burntwood Freedom Networks. If I show that up there like that Burntwood Burnt Freedom Network. And what they're trying to do is here in England, they're trying to set up a, a network across the country of food, organic food. So they're trying to put that together. And I've said I'll help with that as well. So once they've got a package together, I'm hoping they'll have a website, some sort of portal or something like that. And then you'll have a, a, a list of sovereign traders out there and then you'll know who to trade with. So it's it's happening. Um, yeah,
4: that's brilliant.
1: It's happening. So, yeah. It's,
4: yeah so to get involved with that i'm going to be looking for what i can do in north america i'm going to pass you back to roy i think he's burning to ask one more
0: question mm-hmm.
4: thank you so much Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, yeah i mean we, we said we tried to keep it that year hour and a half we've another 10 minutes if it's okay with you be, so? one yeah. of the things that, that that i see is um like we, we you know you there's the property tax and everything and the bills that we paid now I see gas bills going through the roof and the electricity yep. in Poland, the commercial has gone up 800% and it's about doubled for uh, residential. And like bills
1: have been, paid. you might talk about that because I think you could yep. help a lot of people on that. Okay. Right. Let me try and get this message out to people. You, your electricity, your gas, your water has already been paid for using the trust. Your live certificate of birth was used to create the credit to actually pay for all this. You have paid it once. This is why when you deal with these corporations, they call it repayments because you're paying a second time. It's all in the language. So what they're actually doing, all these gas companies, water companies, if you like, they are brokers. They don't supply anything. What they've done is they've bought the debt on the treasury. So because the treasury is on the hook. You're the creditor, the treasury is the debtor. The treasury sells this debt. So these brokers masquerade as electric companies. And what they're doing is they're charging you clicks on the meter. That's it. Now, that meter that's in your property will not be yours. It will not be owned by you. It will actually be probably owned in this country, it's the national grid owned by the government. Layman's terms. Okay. It's a corporation that owns that meter. That meter is leased to the broker who is sending you the fake bill. Okay, that's how they do it. So what you need to do is if you remove the meter, you put your own, and then you tell the National Grid or the corporation that owns it, come and collect it. I no longer require your private property to be on my premises. I now have my own meter. And then you can cancel your Contract with the broker, with your electric company, with your gas company. Clear the debt. Although it's not a debt, it might not be a debt. If you've been dealing with an electric company and you say four or five hundred pound in debt, clear it off. Have it at zero and say, right, I've now zeroed it. I am now terminating the agreement. All right. Because I am no longer wishing to trade with you. The the balance is zero. I I will no longer trade with you. I've cancelled my direct debits. That's the end of it change your meters you put your own meters in place and then no one can do anything there will be just
0: just on on that because uh, yeah. like i know people that have done it so i know what you're saying is actually true i know people that have done it there's people fair because you know they when they're installing these meters they put a little tag on it that if you break this seal you have interfered with or like how do they get around that you have to get an authorized gas installer or authorized electrician to actually remove their one and install your own, what's
1: the way to actually do it? Yes, yes, the best way to do it is to actually get a qualified electrician or qualified gas fitter to do the job for you. One of the things that these people and I use the quote, they in quotes, okay, they in quotes, These people, or they within these brokers, these electric companies, what they'll try and do is they'll say, because we don't know who fitted your meter, there could be a safety issue. And then they'll say, we're going to have to get a warrant from the courts, which is fake. It's not a real warrant because no judge wants to sign off on this. It's another fake warrant. They'll get a warrant from the courts and they'll try and gain entry into your property and then forcibly uh, swap the meters back. But if you've actually got the two certificates to say it was done by a professional and they are both safe, when that person knocks on the door saying we've got a warrant here to swap the meters because we think it's unsafe, the first thing you do is get that person's name, full name, everything, because he's going to be paying out. Because the next thing you do is you say, right, here's my two safety certificates. Now what are you are going to do? Now you're trying to enter into my private property with a fake warrant. you in my jurisdiction. You have just stepped into the wrong Dominion, you're done. This is gonna cost you fifty thousand. All right, but you've got to know how this works. You've got to be able to you've got to learn how to read. You've got to learn how warrants work. You've got to be able to see a spot a fake warrant. It's quite easy. A fake warrant will not be written in English. It'll be boxed, it'll be all caps, there'll be no signature of a judge on it. You know straight away that's fake. And if there's a case number, phone the local court see if there's see if there is actually a case number and you'll probably find it's not it's not even a case number so you, then you'll say to the person it says you do realize what you're doing is you're masquerading as someone from the court you're issuing a fraudulent fake warrant at my property i've got it on camera i've recorded it that's seven years imprisonment <laughs> you just got to know how the system works and you've got to stand your ground you got to know it you can't Make it, you got to know it. But yes, that's the easiest way. Clear the debt, clear the debt. Give 30 days notice, terminate. Make sure you've got no debts with that broker. you paid it. Swap the meters. Contact the company who owns the meter and start charging them a hundred pound a day until they remove it from your property. Because it's their property. You should charge rent because it's their property on your private property, storage fees. £100 a day until you get rid of these meters. I don't want them anymore. Then you have your health, your, your certificates done to prove that your meters are safe. And that's it. You also, you you should also, some people are saying, can I just take the meter out and then just wire it up? No, you then could be charged with stealing electricity. See, the way it works is if you fit your own meter, remember, I never refuse anything. Mine's a an offer decline, always offer decline, you see. So if I fit my own meter, and I'm getting some hat you know some flack from electric company saying oh well we need a meter I'll say well okay I will lease you my meter hundred pound a day I'll give you the meter readings off my meter it's hundred pound a day though they'll, they'll, they don't want any of that because electricity is not going to be a hundred pound a day but my fee is for using my meter and again we're dealing with corporations all of these electric companies Fake corporations, dead entities with no rights. So you've got to put it on the blame. You've got to put the responsibility and the liability on a living, breathing man or woman who works for these corporations. The guy knocking on your front door, the guy who's sending you documents. By the way, if you get a letter from an electric company saying we're going to change the meters, it's not signed, you send it back. I can't respond to this. There's no signature. Oh, by the way, I'm charging you 500 quid for sending this back. (laughs) you've got to learn how
0: this works (laughs) excellent listen I I love it and I think you've given so many tips and tricks today especially for people new to it and you do it in such a way that it makes so much sense because there's a lot of people bamboozling people and they're charging courses charging thousands and thousands and I I've seen it they're leading them off the wrong path but I love to see somebody like yourself, what you're doing. I know you're passionate. and what you're doing. So what's going on? How can people kind of get involved? I know we've got the, the Sovereign Project uh, that live is uh, being shown since we started. Is there
1: anything yes. else you'd like to? That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, if any, anyone wants to get involved, there's the website. Um, there's free documents on there. Okay. So you can log on. You can download it. All these documents that you can download. This is the stuff that I've collected. I've been studying this for over a, 10 years. So I was like working this out, and I'm going, Oh, that's good. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, so oh, I didn't know. Is that how courts work? Oh, lovely. I'm writing all this down. So basically, all this information I've collected over 10 years, right? I've put it into easy-to-read documents, download it, read it. If it's useful to you, great. If it's not, I'm fine not a problem. If you want to get involved, we've got two emails there. If you want to do collaboration, if you know, podcasts, that sort of thing, there's an email for collaborations. You can contact us through that. Um, we have general inquiries as well, but please, what, what what we're finding is people are contacting us with their problems and then saying, how do I get out of it? Like, oh, I've got, I've got bailiffs coming next week. What do I do? And I went, we can't deal with that. We, we just don't have the manpower. You know, that's that's going to take months of work to create a remedy for you. So please don't contact us Contact us with the problems. We don't have the manpower to solve all your issues. But if you'd like to learn this, if you want to open your own sovereign project in your local area, okay, like a workshop. I hold a workshop once a week where over 100 people gather and I go through all this. So if you'd like to do that, get in contact, put your name on the list. Um, we're going to put something together. We are working on Zooms we're going to put an online course we're going to do that when we figure out the technicals but yeah start with a start with the website share the website get involved
0: <laughs> excellent excellent listen peter really appreciate the conversation thank you very much and i'd like to thank my fellow podcasters as well for uh, their interesting questions very very enjoyable uh, so I just like uh, all the listeners, we've had uh, some nice uh, comments as well. We weren't able to cover them all, but look, we'll be looking through them anyway. And be sure to give us a thumbs up, share with your friends, uh, because this is all important. And uh, yeah, any comments that you give in our different podcasts, we always try to engage as well. So until next week, take care. This podcast is sponsored by Coolaboola, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to coolaboola.com and put in the discount code Awakening.